Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Good Fortune. Um, It's me, Jamie Wright, and at this point, I think we have answered the question of does a podcast have to be a podcast? So uh, we're going to have to figure out a different driving question for this, and I'm not sure what that is yet, but if you have a suggestion, send it in. Um... I guess it should be about astrology. (laughs) Um, I'll think about that. But on this podcast that doesn't have to be a podcast at all, this we're going to get into the forecast for the week of Monday, April 17th to Sunday, April 23rd. It's a big week. It's an eclipse week. There's a lot going on. But just some housekeeping things first. If you are in New York City, in the New York metropolitan area... Um, I'm doing two in-person events next week. Um, The first one is on Monday, so tomorrow, the next day after I'm sending this out. Monday the 17th, I'm doing a movement and astrology workshop with my dear friend Chloe Kernigan. It's at Live the Process, a beautiful loft space in Tribeca. Um, I'll give you the download of the astro weather. Chloe's going to lead a really awesome movement practice. You're going to leave feeling really good. Chloe's an amazing teacher. And after we wrap up the movement portion, I'm going to lead us through some guided journaling just to process. Um, It's really fun. It's from 6 to 8 p.m., I think there might be snacks or beverages. Um, It's always a really good time. A really good group of people comes. And I'd love to see you there if you're available. Um, And then on the 23rd, um, Sunday the 23rd from 2 to 5 p.m. at uh, the Brick Ox Space in Williamsburg, I'm going to be doing readings IRL. I think just short readings, like 15 or 20 minutes. Um, I'm potentially open to doing longer readings if people want to book that in advance, but Um, I'll be doing that from 2 to 5 on Sunday the 23rd, Um, and I'd love to see you there too. It's at like a sort of market, so there's going to be people selling other stuff there. I think there are pies, there's like crafts, knitwear, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. It's in Williamsburg. (laughs) It's going to be a vibe. It's very fun. Um, My friend Teresa runs the brick. They're awesome. It'll be a good time. So that's, yeah, Sunday the 23rd. I'll put the information for both of those things in the notes for the show. Um, And now that we've got that out of the way, it's time to talk about this astrology. And to be real, this is the second time I'm recording this because I started recording this and I was like, I gave really bad advice and I need to stop the recording and start over. So... And that's because this is an eclipse week and things are complicated during an eclipse week. Eclipses are, you know, they bring upheaval, they bring what's unexpected. And the eclipse, the actual eclipse is on Thursday, the 20th. It's at 1212 a.m. Eastern. So it's actually if you're on the West Coast, it's on the night of the 19th. If you're in Europe, it's early morning on the 20th. Um... And leading up to the eclipse, um, that late night on Thursday the 20th for the East Coast, there actually aren't any exact planetary aspects beyond the moon moving through her usual daily um, 
her daily, you know, cycle. Um, but this being an eclipse week, like I just, I want to emphasize that like, this is not the week (laughs) that you're going to turn your life around and get shit done. I just want to make that very clear. Like, this is if if you've been putting stuff off and and you're thinking okay it's we're we're out of the weekend and we're ready to start fresh n- no this is not going to be that week <laughs> um monday we literally start the day the moon is in pisces it's the balsamic moon you know the balsamic moon is the very end of the lunar cycle It's a time to rest. It's a time to integrate. It's a time to distill. Um, Monday, the moon is in Pisces, balsamic phase. And at 2.56 p.m. Eastern, it conjoins Neptune, the planet of illusion and delusion. And then it goes void until it enters Aries at 9.09 p.m. Eastern. And honestly, in many ways, like the day of Monday... If you're really trying to get shit done, the day is a wash. Um, this is really a day to like nap if you want to do something productive, like <laughs> clean your apartment, catch up on your TV show, come to Moon Moment and hang out with me where we'll have a really chill time. Um, but this is not the time to like schedule a date, initiate something, you know, try to do something big, send an important email, like. Just get done what you need to get done and finish things up. But if it can wait, let it wait on Monday. Um, Tuesday, by Tuesday, the moon will be in Aries all day. And it's making a sextile to Venus at 11.46 a.m. Eastern. And then it's squaring Mars at 6.16 p.m. Eastern. So sort of start off the morning with the moon making this cute little sextile aspect to Venus, the sweet, the sweet love and connection planet that's in Gemini. Um, And so like, yeah, Tuesday morning might be a good morning to like fire off some emails, get some stuff done that you need to get done, but literally only what's like absolutely necessary. The thing about the balsamic moon phase is like it's a time of completion it's a time of finishing up it's a time of releasing and letting go of things that you don't want to be bringing into this next lunar cycle with you this next month um so that's why i do always suggest things like clean up your apartment organize your clothes like sort of you know like clean out your fridge like look in your pantry and see if you can make stuff that's in the pantry rather than going out and buying new groceries like You know, it's this time of being like, what do I actually have and what can I actually make of it? And if I can't make anything of this, it's time to let it go. Um, And yeah, so Tuesday, I think like definitely in the morning might be a time where you if there's things that need to be taken care of externally or with other people, um, you know, try to do that then. But later in the day when the moon is squaring Mars, I think... (sighs) Especially because it's like, this is this moon, it's where, it's a moon that is slouching, (laughs) not towards Bethlehem, but towards a solar eclipse. And, you know, things, things are not cute. Um, And the moon squaring Mars in its fall in Cancer, it's like, as I've talked about before, Mars in Cancer is an amazing, protective sort of maternal matriarch figure who is like 
a brilliant, you know, emotional warrior um, who can really see the best in everyone and try to fight for the best in everyone. But Mars in Cancer is exhausted (laughs) from having to work that hard to fight and get things done. And so when the moon is squaring that Mars leading up to the eclipse, I think things are just going to be extra sensitive that day. So like, don't push yourself to do anything you don't want to do. If you're getting, if you like, you know, are craving being social, just get together with close friends who get you. Like, it's not the time to make new friends. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like keep things low key. Make sure you have a nice dinner prepared that night. Like make something nice. Like I think like a moon squaring Mars, like it can be a very sort of sensitive and upsetting kind of transit, but it can also be very passionate. Um, And I think there's something about the moon in Aries, Mars and Cancer that could really, it could be like a good, like I'm going to cook something up transit. But again, be chill. (laughs) Um, And then the next day, Wednesday, you know, it's still the balsamic moon. The moon is waning. Um, But that, and by the time we get to Wednesday, we're really sort of getting into eclipse territory. And, you know, I don't have to I don't have to tell you, like, if 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 you're into astrology enough that you're listening to this, you've probably heard before that, you know, especially in ancient times, solar eclipses, lunar eclipses, all the eclipses, they were bad omens. I mean, it's literally like a playing with God kind of moment. All of a sudden, the light of the sun is getting eclipsed. The light of the moon is getting eclipsed. We're not, you know, nature is not going on as normal. There's something in the way. There's something blocking normal progress. And by the time we get to Wednesday, we're basically in the eclipse window, especially in the second half of the day. Um, And it's definitely, especially because this is a solar eclipse, it's like... I would lay low, you know, the ancient astrologers would tell you not even to go outside. They'd say, avoid the quote unquote baleful rays. Um, A lot of astrologers on Twitter are always like, or people are like, I've installed blinds in my house so that the baleful rays won't hit me. And like, I feel you, I get it. I don't think most of us can live like that. You know, where we're like, literally like avoiding baleful rays of the solar eclipse, like, you know, it's not that serious most of the time, but, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to do anything big on Wednesday. Um, but the moon will be conjunct Jupiter at 1 PM Eastern. So there is sort of a feeling earlier in the day, the moon is going to be moving towards Jupiter, you know, this plant, this planet of hope and optimism and relief, and and like moon, I love moon Jupiter aspects. Like even though this one is a, is in you know in a, an eclipse system, like moon Jupiter, that's what I call the local celebrity aspect, the troubadour aspect. Like there's some sense of like oh, connecting with friends, connecting with community on this day. Um, but again, like lay low, be safe, <laughs> um, which then leads us into. Um, the solar eclipse, which, as I said, goes exact at 12, 12 a.m. on Thursday, April 20th. And the astrology of the day of Thursday, April 20th is like pretty wild. 
both the 20th and the 21st, it's like death. It's like a, a storm system is here. Like we first have this solar eclipse at 29 degrees Aries. And so this solar eclipse in Aries is the first eclipse that we're going to be having on the Aries Libra axis. Um, Because eclipses always come in pairs and they usually happen across opposite signs, but we're in sort of the transition phase of the eclipses this year. So we're having our first eclipse of this season on April 20th. It's going to be in Aries and the second eclipse of the season is on May 5th and it's going to be in Scorpio. So we're moving from the Taurus Scorpio axis to the Aries Libra axis. Um, But this is the first eclipse that we've had in Aries um, since 20, I believe actually since 2016. Um, But the last, also it's like the last time we were having eclipses where it was the North Node in Aries and the South Node in Libra, which is what we're heading into this summer that the Aries Libra nodes. The last time we had that configuration was back in late 2004 to mid-2006. And yeah, so we're heading into this time of the North Node in Aries and the South Node in Libra. And this eclipse is the beginning of that cycle. And, you know, I was trying to come up with (laughs) some good ways of uh, describing, like, what is the North Node in Aries about? What is the South Node in Libra about and really when we have eclipses like eclipses are these times of sudden beginnings and sudden endings it's when time speeds up and it gets kind of centrally focused around the qualities of these different these signs that are on an axis and we have the north node and the south node and the north node is this place of increase it's this place of desire it's this place of craving and want and the south node is this place of decrease it's this place of lessening sometimes of spiritualizing but it really is the place i mean i often call the south node the cosmic garbage disposal (laughs) Um, it's where we really have to let things go and you know, as I, you know, as we're heading into the North Node in Aries and this eclipse is giving us a real preview of the North Node in Aries and how that's going to be for the next couple of years, like the North Node in Aries is an increase of Aries themes. It's an increase of competitiveness, of a drive for success, of individualism. Um, the last time the North Node was in Aries from late 2004 to mid 2006, we had the beginning of both YouTube and Twitter. And I feel like I don't need to explain to you why that's significant. Um, like that, that last time that the North Node in Aries was really the beginning of like people developing like a personal brand or being able to like, you know, it was the beginning of being able to just like put up whatever you wanted on on the internet, your unfiltered thoughts and have it like reach everyone. Like previously to that, it's like, I mean, I was a child, so I, in some ways I'm not fully aware of what people had access to, but 
there like before Twitter, before YouTube, it's like you could put a video up on like a GeoCities website that you made. You could put your thoughts up on your AIM profile, but that was only going to reach like your friends or the other people who were on that message board you were on or someone who like stumbled upon your web page. But like Twitter and YouTube were kind of the first sort of centralized forces of like, oh, you can put stuff here and everyone will see it. And at that point, you know, we really didn't understand the power of how that was going to fall out and like what both of those things were going to become. Um, And it's interesting that in some ways, like both YouTube and Twitter, it's like they're a place that mostly contains nonsense, like both places that mostly contain nonsense, but also this place where like... um, that people go to to look for knowledge and look for news and look for information. Um, But it's like information that was born out of this sort of need to self-actualize, this need to be independent, this need to be, to express like individual ideas on a grand scale, the North Node in Aries, (laughs) individuality on a huge scale. Um, And then the south node in Libra, I mean, Libra is this, you know, it's a Venus ruled sign. It's about strategy. It's about connection. People say it's about balance. But Libra to me is also really about nuance. Like Libran people, people with Libra placements are really good at discerning nuance in situations. They're really good at taking everyone's opinion in like into consideration and actually sort of you know, maybe not agreeing with someone, but the Libra person can really see where someone else is coming from. And I find like the self note in Libra in some ways is a refinement of nuance, but it's also a loss of nuance. And I do think um, a really (laughs) great example of like how this is going to start playing out is that article that came out a couple weeks ago or a week ago. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, The Bustle article that was about therapy speak. Is therapy speak making us selfish? And it was sort of, you know, tracking these encounters that different people had had with friends who basically were like friend breaking up with them using the sort of like, I'm at capacity, you're harming me kind of therapy speak, which... And, like, a lot of the conversation around that article has been, like, oh, is therapy speak bad for us? Is, like, learning all this language, you know, just, like, an easy out to get out of having hard conversations? But really, it's, like, one, (laughs) I think most of the people who are, like, really, quote-unquote, weaponizing therapy speak are people who... Sometimes, I mean, maybe they're in therapy, but a lot of them are like learning this kind of therapy talk from like Instagram therapists and TikTok therapists and Reddit. Um, And they're not actually, because if (laughs) I think a lot of these people, especially the ones in the article, my favorite example in this article is like the woman who shows up late to her friend's birthday party and is like kind of rude and then calls the friend after and tells her that she thinks she's selfish. And it's like, Literally her friend's birthday. It's like, you're allowed to be a little self-centered on your birthday. I'm sorry. You're also the friend who showed up late to the party. Though also what this article is lacking is, you know, we're not getting the side of the story 
of the people who have quote unquote weaponized the therapy speak against the friends. We're usually just getting the perspective of the person who was harmed by them. Um, again, I'll link the article if you haven't read it. Most if you're even moderately online, you've probably read it. Um, but I think like this is like a huge example of like what sort of the North Node in Aries and the South Node in Libra is about. Because in many of these sort of like I'm at capacity therapy speak kind of situations like there is a total lack of nuance and there's a total lack of seeing the other person's point of view or considering the other person's needs it's usually like I need it's usually people sort of saying that they're trying to reclaim their own needs but it's coming from the space of going zero to a 100 it's like oh I've never been considering myself and now I can only consider myself versus like that Libran sort of like, let me take everyone's opinion into account. But the sort of I'm at capacity or the like the meme of like, I'm not reading all that. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Or that's amazing. Like that kind of meme, like that's so North Node in Aries. It's so like, I'm going to do me and I'm not even looking at you or what you're doing. Um. And, you know, this eclipse, it's not like all of a sudden, like, oh, like stories like this are just going to explode from the ether. But it's the sort of prelude to like, oh, what are the next couple years going to be about? And again, this solar eclipse in Aries is really interesting because solar eclipses are new moons. This is a new moon. And we've already had a new moon in Aries this cycle. We had a new moon in Aries back on March 21st at zero degrees of Aries. So whatever the Aries part of your chart is, it's like you got we got kind of a sweet little (laughs) seedling is planted. Something is new. Something new is going on. New moon back on March 21st. And now we're getting this sort of supercharged solar eclipse new moon that's also potentially bringing something totally out of the ether in regards to whatever wherever Aries is in your chart, um, whatever house it is, whatever topics it covers. There's something that's like a fresh start, but it's something unexpected. It's something totally new. And it's something that might feel like, to be honest, almost like violently necessary to you in this moment. Like you might just feel like, in that Aries way, like so impatient, so restless, like there is something a little bit dangerous (laughs) to me about the feeling of the solar eclipse and the way that all eclipses do feel dangerous. Um, But yeah, it's just a time where, you know, people are going to be speaking out of turn. (laughs) People are going to be out of sorts. And um, in that very like death to nuance, lack of nuance, era that we're heading into it's like it's really important I think both to advocate for yourself and also to like not take not take other people so seriously like there's a certain amount of thick skin that I think is going to need to be developed under this transit and like remembering that also remembering that advocating for yourself doesn't also doesn't mean that you're harming others it's like you're not you're not a person in that therapy speak article you're allowed to speak up for yourself if you do believe someone is harming you you're allowed to speak out about it obviously always um but there is i think we're just heading into this period of 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 ego and on that like sort of egoic note like 
So right after we have that solar eclipse, 12, 12 a.m. Eastern, and you know, that's it's at 29 degrees Aries, so we're at the very end of Aries. You know, 20, 15 minutes later, 12, 29 a.m. Eastern, the moon goes into Taurus. And at 4.13 a.m. Eastern, the sun goes into Taurus. So we've now, we've had this sort of supercharged solar eclipse, new moon in Aries that sort of is like, let me just throw all the cards out on the table. And now it's Taurus season. Sun is in Taurus, the moon is in Taurus, but we're still coming off. We have an eclipse hangover. I will say Thursday is probably going to be, it's going to be a weird, (laughs) wonky day. Um, And it's, yeah, we're going into Taurus season, which Taurus is this sign that's usually, you know, this this beacon of stability and reliability but right now we're in eclipse season it's like it's everything that Taurus hates things are not reliable things are not steady things are not in order um and the sun is going into Taurus and immediately squaring Pluto the sun squares Pluto at 12:27 p.m. and so the sun you know The sun is our life force. It's our ego. It's what we're trying to become in this life. It's what we're going towards. It's really like what's swirling around in our mind. And Pluto is this agent of deep transformation, this agent of like really intense change and tumult and warping and death and rebirth and you know, we're at the beginning, we're getting this preview of like, what is Pluto and Aquarius going to be like for the next 20 years? As I've been talking about, like, we're, we're in this Pluto and Aquarius period. And um, I think this sun square Pluto, you know, we've had Mercury square Pluto, we've had Venus trine Pluto, this sun square Pluto is going to be yet another sort of Um, marker or point along the way of like, what is this 20 years of Pluto and Aquarius going to be about? And how am I seeing it playing out? Like, maybe more in my personal life or like, not so much out in the world. Um, And obviously, like, as I've talked about before, like one of the biggest things with Pluto and Aquarius that everyone is sort of laser focused on right now is the AI situation. And (laughs) What's going on with Midjourney and what's going on with ChatGPT? Um, and there was an article in the New Yorker this week that I'll link in the show notes um, by Cal Newport, where he kind of goes under the hood about ChatGPT. Um, and if you don't know who Cal Newport is, he is a computer scientist. Um, he's written a few other books. Um, I read his book, Digital Minimalism. Um, He's also written this book called Deep Work. Um, But yeah, he's a computer scientist who's also very, he's very interested in how, you know, we build a healthy relationship with computers, with artificial intelligence, with technology. Um, It's really funny when I read Digital Minimalism, I was truly convinced that this was like, (laughs) and like a boomer man telling me this just because of the way he was like referring to his emails and like referring to his social media. And I never looked him up like what he looked like or his birthday. And then I looked him up today and he was born in 1982. Like I, I, for some reason was assuming that he was about 20 years older (laughs) than he actually is. Um, so that was interesting to me too. Like he has a little bit of a, um, 
I think in some ways, like older generational mindset about these things, like he, the way he approaches technology, even though he's a computer scientist, does not feel like he's so um, mired in the situation. Anyway, I'm rambling about Cal Newport, but um, basically, he come he wrote, he wrote this article which I highly recommend reading about sort of going under the hood of ChatGPT, being like, what actually is this? Like, is this Hal from 2001: A Space Odyssey who's gonna like sort of take over our life? Like, how does this thing actually work? Like, what is this AI language model? Um, and he comes to the conclusion, I'll read it. Programs like ChatGPT don't represent an alien intelligence with, with which we must now learn to coexist. Instead, they turn out to run on the well-worn digital logic of pattern matching, published to a radically larger scale. It's hard to predict exactly how these large language models will end up integrated into our lives going forward, but we can be assured that they're incapable of hatching diabolical plans and are unlikely to undermine our economy. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I recommend reading the whole article, but one of the other conclusions he comes to is that ChatGPT is more automaton than Gollum. Um, and I just think this is interesting, like this kind of stuff coming out while we're getting this preview of Pluto and Aquarius, because, you know, a lot of what I think a lot of people are talking about around Pluto and Aquarius is like, oh, like the AI, the artificial intelligence is sort of taking over the world. Like that's sort of what we're reckoning with. Like it's going to become more powerful than humans. But I want to remind everyone that one, astrology <laughs> is a human-made system. It's an Earth-centric human-made system. It is not about what the cosmos is sort of forcing upon us. It's about how humans can interpret what's happening on the ground via the wisdom and patterns revealed in the stars, which is to say that like uh, Pluto and Aquarius is like, I think less about this like cosmic force of Aquarian like technological intelligence being thrust upon us and more about in a very Plutonian way, like Pluto, Pluto is this planet where we kind of like use and abuse things. And when Pluto was in Capricorn and is in Capricorn and still will be in Capricorn for the next couple of years, we literally were like mining into the earth and like tearing and bleeding and using and sucking out every last resource that the earth and these systemic powers had for us um and that was a big theme of like the age of earth with the jupiter saturn cycle in from like 1800 to 2020 and now we're in this age of air and we have pluto and aquarius and i think in many ways and like even reading this piece by cal newport i read this other piece i'll link to or it wasn't a piece it was like it was a tweet that linked to to a letter that the sort of editor of, I think, Business Insider had written to the staff about how they could be using ChatGPT to be better journalists and write better articles. And in many ways, it's like 
Pluto and Aquarius is less about, as I said, less about technology taking over us and more about us sort of sucking every last resource out of technology. Like you can already see it with the way people kind of like fuck with the robots and like tease the robots and sort of try to romance the robots or confuse the robots because it's like as much as people are like, you're we're feeding AI the information like don't post that selfie on that Instagram filter like mid journey is going to take it and use your image to like create something else like don't feed your art into the internet don't feed this text into chat GPT and like yes there's a way that you know we're, we have to there is like a symbiotic relationship with the technology but also like we're the we created this technology and like in some ways this technology has also become more powerful than us and we're also kind of like sucking out every last resource we can get from it at this point and you know we're only at the beginning I don't know how things are going to go in the next 20 years but we're getting a preview of it now and I guess that's all to say is that and I this is what I've said before is that like It's important to like build an actual relationship with the technology, with the AI, with the robots, and also like to your value system, to your intellectual ideas, to in a very Aquarian way, like to your ideas about what our system should be. Um, Because it's like, there need you need to have like a mission statement <laughs> about like how you feel about this stuff as we head into this period of heavy extraction because things are going to get warped things are going to be transformed things are going to die and be reborn and i think the more of us that are aware of our relationship to it rather than feeling controlled by it in the way that during Pluto and Capricorn, many of us felt controlled by, you know, the government, the system, the monetary funds, the economics of everything, like, and sort of we're watching it crash and burn while also feeling like so small in comparison, which is Pluto, which is the truth, which is the world we live in. I'm not suggesting that (laughs) any of us had power over these systems of corruption, but um, in actuality, but there's this sense of like, how in this very Aquarian air, mind, space, like how are you really developing your relationship to it and how can you not control it but exist with it and try to use Pluto for, you know, I think the best form of Pluto is when Pluto acts as a planetary influence that recycles, that composts, that helps us you know, create something beautiful about something that we thought was dead or we thought was all used up. Um, And again, it's like we're heading into this Taurus season and this is the first Taurus season where the sun is squaring Pluto. This eclipse is square Pluto. I just think it's important in this this slower new moon eclipse week where things are going to feel very frenetic and heavy and, you know, overwhelming to like take a step back, to read, to think, to have conversations with people who you trust about this stuff um, is a really good use of your time. <laughs> and it's a better use of your time than like, girl boss trying to get your shit together 
Especially because moving on, the day after the eclipse on April 21st at 4.34 a.m. Eastern, we have Mercury stationing retrograde at 15 degrees of Taurus. So Mercury stations retrograde at 15 degrees of Taurus on the 21st. It'll station direct at 5 degrees of Taurus on May 14th. Um, So if you're a person who has planets or points in your chart, especially if it's at 15 degrees of a fixed sign, so that's Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, or Aquarius, or five degrees of a fixed sign, you're especially going to feel this. Or if you really have planets or points anywhere between five or 15, give or take a few degrees on either end. You're going to feel this retrograde hard. You'll also feel this retrograde hard if you're a Gemini rising or a Virgo rising or if you're in a Mercury perfection year. Um, If you want to (laughs) know what that means, what I'm talking about, book a reading. (laughs) Anyway, so we're going to have Mercury retrograde. And Mercury retrograde is this time to slow down, to review, to revisit, And especially this week, this whole week, Mercury is going to be slowing down to station. Mercury is going to be very slow. When a planet is retrograde, it's because um, the planet is very close to the Earth. And so from our position, our little human position, it looks like that planet is slowing, is, is very, very still in the sky. And it's actually when like the influence of that planet is is almost like amplified so mercurial things are amplified like our mind is amplified our thoughts our communication the way we're handling things technically and with technology transportation travel anything that requires like directions or skill or words is amplified and mercury as it stations is also just missing making an exact conjunction to uranus the planet of innovation and change and lightning strike inspiration and so there's a little bit of that unexpected uneasiness um it might feel a little bit this week it's like and this is again why i'm telling you don't girl boss close to the sun this week it's not gonna work out but It's like we're almost getting to the brilliant idea, but we have to go back and review something first and retrace something first. You know, I have often said, like, Mercury retrograde is queer. Mercury retrograde is femme. It's saying, like, it's very, in many ways, it's (laughs) anti-capitalist. It's, I do not have to push ever forward. I'm going to go back instead. And Mercury retrograde is forcing us to go back this week and go back for the next few weeks throughout this entire eclipse season. And that's not to say that all of this stuff that's happening is a wash right now and for the next couple weeks. Like going back into the archives, I mean, do it safely. Tell a friend you're doing it. <laughs> Don't go into the archives alone. Don't go into a nostalgia spiral alone. Um, but reviewing things, going back, checking our work reconnecting with someone from the past like sometimes that is way more useful than just like pushing 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 trying to force something into existence um and friday you know friday that energy is gonna be really heightened because that's the day mercury is actually stationing um 
And I would, yeah, I would just, you know, Mercury retrograde, it's when, you know, people from the past pop up, old friends, old lovers, especially, yeah, if like Mercury rules kind of relationship points in your chart, you definitely are going to be running into people from the past. Um, And that is going to take us into the weekend. Um, And yeah, especially over the weekend. So the weekend on Saturday, the moon is going to go into Gemini. And so the moon (laughs) is in Gemini. Gemini is a Mercury sign. The moon is now ruled by this Mercury retrograde. That's a very much a sign of like, slow down, girl, go to the archives. Like I'm sort of we're out of the eclipse window. The moon is about to move into its crescent phase. So we're about to get to a point in the lunar cycle where we're a little bit less sleepy and a little bit more ready to like go into action. Like the crescent moon is when the little seedling has now become a little spark. It's become a little plant that's peeked its head out of the soil and it's exposed to the elements for the first time, but it's very happy to be here and very happy to be alive. Um, But yeah, the moon is going to go into Gemini and then on Sunday, we have, you know, the moon is still in Gemini. We start off the morning, 8.43 a.m. Eastern with the moon conjunct Venus um, in Gemini, which is a very lovely little transit, very sweet moon Venus. Like, it's going to be a very sweet morning. Um, and then at the end of the day, 11.19 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, we have Mars sextile Mercury retrograde. And this is significant because Mercury is actually moving so slowly this weekend that Mars, a planet that is usually moving much, much slower than Mercury, like Mars, it takes Mars like a few days, like three or four days to move a degree. Mercury can sometimes cover up to two degrees in a day. And so if Mars is the one that's like making an aspect to Mercury, that means Mercury is going at like a snail's turtle's pace. Like, and Mars is making a sextile to Mercury, which is this aspect of kind of like, we talked about it a few weeks ago. This aspect was last exact on April 8th. And so there's this sense of like sort of cutting through bullshit, cutting through ideas, making decisions, like, thinking about stuff, but this is the Mercury retrograde version of that. And I would like watch out around Sunday and even into, you know, the next Monday, which we'll talk about next week. Like there might be some things from earlier in the month, from April 8th that are coming into play again over this weekend. Like things, conversations are coming back up. Ideas are coming back up. Things that need to be revisited. Um, And so maybe there was something that came up around April 8th that never panned out. And you kind of were like, oh, whatever, we're going to throw that away. I'm not going to think about that. It's going to come back. (laughs) Um, So watch out for that. Like that's going to be maybe helpful in kind of like, I think that's going to be maybe a spark that ignites like, okay, like, you know, what do I need to get done? What's the most useful thing for me to be using my energy for for the next month for this eclipse season um which again it's like the things that you know this isn't a time to force something into reality it's not a time to initiate it's like not really a time to launch your business or schedule a show it obviously depends on your chart some people 
love the chaos of eclipse season. I'm one of them. You know, if you're a person with strong Uranus placement or you're a person who is born around an eclipse or you have an important planet that's like with a node, you might enjoy that kind of unfiltered eclipse energy. But in general, this is this is not a fun time for most people. It's not a time to like blast off into space. It's it's an overwhelming time. It's a confusing time. Um, but it's a time also when things are going to bubble to the surface. Op- opportunities are going to come to you. People are going to people are going to appear in your life. Um, the universe is going to provide things for you to respond to. Processes are going to speed up or slow down or get cut off. And your job in this time is to like go on the ride. That's why I say not to force things, not to initiate things. Like you don't need to during an eclipse. Your job is to lay low and see what comes. Um, and if you're worried about this time, like, Really what I always suggest to people to do to kind of like, quote unquote, remediate the eclipse energy is to purge things, to clean out things, to, you know, literally like get into the corners and dust things and like bring things like sort of bring things to the surface in a mundane way um because that sort of appeases the the universal energy of like, oh, yes, you are like facing something, you're doing something. Um, and yeah, so I would say this whole week, the main advice (laughs) is to lay low, see what comes, do not girl boss too close to the sun, but it is a time to, you know, sit and soak, to journal, to write down your thoughts, to safely go into the archives, to have conversations with friends you know, about your values, about your ideas, about how you're feeling about technology and about the future. And um, yeah, it's just a time to like commune with people you trust and let the universe show you the next path you're going to be taking. Um, so to review the main events of this week are Thursday the 20th, 1212 a.m. Eastern, we have the solar eclipse at 29 degrees Aries. 413 a.m. Eastern on that same day, the sun enters Taurus. 1227 p.m. on that same day, the sun squares Pluto. Friday the 21st, 434 a.m. Eastern, Mercury stations retrograde at 15 degrees of Taurus. And then Sunday the 23rd, 11.19 p.m. Eastern, Mars sextiles Mercury retrograde. Um, yeah, but take it slow. Take it easy. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know how you enjoyed listening to this. <laughs> and I'll be back next week with more support for this eclipse season. Okay, bye. <laughs>